You're listening to a 3CR podcast created in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au. Welcome to Earth Matters, environmental justice stories from Australia and around the world. I'd like to start by paying my respects to Elders past, present and emerging from across these great lands and acknowledge the continuing struggle for sovereignty and self-determination. I'm Megan Williams. Our rights and our interests should not be sacrificed for the greater good of just a few predatory elites who want to profit and put stories out there that this is greater for the nation. Last weekend, enthusiasts of one of the world's most endangered fish came together to raise awareness for International Sawfish Day. The Mutawara, or Fitzroy River, in the Kimberley in northern Western Australia is considered to be the last stronghold for the critically endangered freshwater sawfish. Today on Earth Matters, we'll be hearing about the plans to expand irrigation in the Fitzroy River catchment. These plans threaten to undermine decades of community campaigns to protect this pristine and globally unique environment. We'll hear from Dr Anne Paulina, Nikonawara traditional owner and chair of the Matawara Fitzroy River Council. Martin Pritchard, director of the environmental group Environs Kimberley. And first up, Monique Barker, campaign coordinator of Kimberley like nowhere else, on the distinctive appearance of the freshwater sawfish. Sawfish are, yeah, they're a fish. They're in the same family as sharks and rays. And they're more similar to a stingray. So they have their mouth at the bottom and they filter feed along the bottom of um, rivers and estuaries and and the ocean. The saw is true to its name. It looks a bit like a chainsaw, right? It's a long um, shaped appendage at at its nose. Um, It has tooth-like structures coming out of them. And they use this to, to stir up the water and as a sensor so they can detect the heartbeats of their prey. And then once they've detected them, they'll give them a whack to to catch their prey. And they were talking about small crustaceans and um, fish. They can grow up to seven metres long. um, And this particular species, the freshwater sawfish, is found in rivers in northern Australia and particularly in the Fitzroy River. Um, It's considered the last remaining stronghold where these species are really abundant still. Dr Anne Paulina. Nikonawara traditional owner and chair of the Matawara Fitzroy River Council, details just how exceptional this environment is. So the Matawara, the Fitzroy River, is globally unique. There is not another river system like it anywhere in the world. So the Fitzroy River, or the Matawara, covers an area of about 733 kilometres. It goes through diverse geographical and cultural landscapes. It's filled with abundance of beauty and and uh, the wisdom of, you know, very senior people. So on the river system, it's globally unique. It's the largest macro-tidal delta in the world. Um, it is. It has amazing species uh, such as the freshwater sawfish. There are several species within that. 
um, the, the creation of the river is a big, fantastic story that shows how our ancestor, a human being, travelled along the country and went zigzagging and naming all the different places and all of the different living water systems. And as he travelled through the landscape and travelled through the different nations, the story was the same, but the language changed because we are honouring the earth-centred governance of our people, which have been managing this globally unique river system from the beginning of time. This history through deep time gives rise to incredible cultural significance. Anne explains what this means for the river today. Well, the Fitzroy River is actually the largest registered Aboriginal heritage site for the whole of the Fitzroy River. So it's in Western Australia, we're currently going through a process whereby we are valuing and identified how we are to manage and protect Aboriginal heritage. So it's a very, very significant river system. It also was listed in 2011 as national heritage, which means that it was listed not just because of its cultural heritage, though that's very significant, but it was listed because of the diversity of the environmental landscape and the environmental assets. So what we're seeing from that recognition is that this is a globally unique river system that we really need to understand uh, and find out more about before we destroy it with the planned developments that are being touted for the Fitzroy River Basin. Anne's referring to plans to expand irrigation that would see two licences issued in the catchment of the Motawara. I've asked Martin Pritchard, the director of peak environmental group Environs Kimberley, to outline the finer details. And if you've followed the irrigation scandals in the Murray-Darling, the proponents of this first plan might sound familiar. Yeah, so the, the Harris family, uh, they're cotton and beef farmers from New South Wales and have properties in the East Coast. They're, they're amongst the wealthiest farmers in, in the country, as far as we can see. And um, they have a pastoral lease that's called um, Go Go, Go Go Station. And they've put forward a plan to clear 8,000 hectares um, along the Margaret River, which is a major tributary to the Fitzroy. And they, they are claiming that they want to grow um, sorghum to feed cattle. And they want to take 50 gigalitres, which is 50 billion litres of water a year out of the Margaret River. And so we're extremely concerned and totally opposed to that. Um, we think it would be highly detrimental to the river and um, the traditional owners that we've spoken to are really worried about it and um, don't want to see their, their land turned into, um, into industrial agriculture. So that's one of the proposals being put forward at the moment. The second irrigation licence is being sought by a proponent better known for resource extraction in WA. Martin explains what is known about the plans Hancock Agriculture has to expand in the Fitzroy River catchment. So Gina Reinhart um, is putting forward a plan that has only really been in the newspaper, so there's no, um, there's no official proposals being put to government. But the, one of the newspapers here um, last year uh, had uh, quotes 
that was saying that she wants to clear 22,500 hectares um, and take 325 gigalitres or 325 billion litres of water out of the Fitzroy somewhere. It didn't say where, because she also has a, a property that abuts the Margaret River, but also has a property that um, is next to the Fitzroy. Um, so, you know, and just to put that into context, um, the 375 billion litres that uh, these two pastoral uh, leaseholders want to take out of the Fitzroy, that's equivalent to more than what the population of Perth and the southwest of Western Australia uh, use every year, and that's 2 million people. And according to Miss um, Reinhardt, uh, the reason they want 22,500 hectares is so that they can have an extra 20,000 head of cattle uh, coming off their stations. Um, our concern is that, particularly in terms of the Harris family, when you look at the proposal that they've put to the Environmental Protection Authority here in Western Australia, is that they leave the door open to cotton and um, we do have concerns that th this might be uh, a way of uh, beginning a, a cotton industry in the Fitzroy Valley. So, um, yeah, that that's obviously a, a serious concern for us, given the implications to the environment from that. You're listening to Earth Matters on the Community Radio Network. Today, we're talking about the Matawara Fitzroy River in the Kimberley region up north in Western Australia. We've heard from the chair of the Matawara Fitzroy River Council, Dr. Anne Paulina, and community campaigners Martin Pritchard and Monique Barker. We've talked about the unique environment of the Matawara Fitzroy River and the plans to clear land and expand irrigation in the catchment by up to 375 billion litres a year. There's currently only a single irrigation licence in the whole river catchment. That's located at Gina Reinhardt's Liveringa station. Yes, um, Gina Reinhardt has Liveringa station and on that there is a licence for 6 gigalitres, 6 billion litres a year from a creek that is connected to the Fitzroy River. And uh, given the nature of that creek and the sensitivity, usually they're only able to take about two gigalitres a year. And what we've found even with that kind of take is that um, there, are, there have been fish kills associated with that creek system. And in fact, we lost more than 40 critically endangered sawfish on a tributary to the creek where that um, that water is pumped out. And um, we're still waiting to hear from the government as to uh, the influence of taking that water had on the deaths of those sawfish. Uh, and following that, there was another fish gill in one of the pools where the pumps um, pull, pull water out of. So, you know, we've got two gigalitres coming out of the Fitzroy River and some serious problems with fish kills happening already 
And I guess our concern is that, um, you know, taking 375 gigalitres out of the river every year um, is asking for trouble, uh, particularly um, when we've got um, issues with climate change happening here as well. So, um, yeah, they're really concerning proposals and um, what we're saying and what traditional owners have been saying is that there should be no water um, come out of the Fitzroy or its tributaries, that they should be protected and that there should be a buffer zone around the rivers where there would be no irrigation in the floodplains. And uh, I guess, yeah, we're, we're... you know, we're putting that case to government at the moment. If any developments do go ahead, Dr Anne Polina from the Matawara Fitzroy River Council outlines what considerations need to be made before anything is approved. We really need to be thinking quite seriously about, one, rivers' rights to uh, live and flow. Two, our perspective is that the Fitzroy River, in terms of, some people may call it cultural flows, but we see it as living water systems, what we're saying is that these systems are already fully allocated. So if we're thinking about development that's going to come into this region, we really need to ensure that it is grounded in the science of multiple transdisciplinary scientists, but also the science of our Indigenous elders and our Indigenous traditional ecological knowledge systems, that we need to look at cumulative impacts of development and how we develop a regional framework, a bioregional governance model to start to look at how do all of the citizens in the region, how do parcelers, graziers, traditional owners, miners, local government, how do we all sit around the table and put these big projects up on the table in terms of if somebody's going to do a development that's likely to impact on the Fitzroy River or on communities, then the burden of proof for those projects should be made very, very clear and people should be able to independently peer review any science or any expert knowledge about any of the projects that are planned for the Fitzroy River. So we need a better way for citizens in the region to come together to collectively look at and assess how any development project, whether it's Indigenous or not, how that is going to impact on the river and people and communities. I asked Anne to elaborate on what concerns her most about the developments going ahead. What are the benefits and what are the costs? Because many of these projects are being touted as bringing uh, employment and economic opportunities for Aboriginal people, but we don't believe that's the case. When we look at cotton in particular and consideration of raising quite extensive uh, land to be able to grow cotton, we're very, very concerned that there seems to be an illusion that some of these big projects are going to be offering employment and, um, you know, uh, development opportunities for Aboriginal people, and we don't believe that's the case. So one of the things is what we're saying is that nothing's off the agenda. Let's put all these projects up. Let's really understand the impact of what this is going to mean in terms of water extraction. I mean, this river does not flow all year round. So what we're talking about is one, harvesting water when the floodplains are, you know, fully um, filled. The other is that we're really going to seriously have to think about groundwater extraction and what the implications of that are in terms of mining water to be able to use one for agriculture, but two, 
the big uh, projected mining projects that are also touted to come our way. So um, we need to be very clear that there's not an illusion of probity, that there is not an illusion that the jobs that are being touted through agriculture are very real in terms of what that's going to do in terms of benefiting Aboriginal people. And we need to make sure that it's grounded in peer-reviewed science, but also the projection of climate change because a lot of the information we've seen is really on historical data. And what we're seeing as Aboriginal people who live on country is that we are already being impacted on by climate change and that water scarcity and water insecurity uh, in terms of food security is already impacting on our lifeways and our livelihoods. And I also put it to Martin. What questions remain from the perspective of Environs Kimberley? Well, you know, one thing that hasn't been made clear is how that water would be harvested to start with. So at this stage, um, you know, we've we campaigned for over 20 years to have no dams on the Fitzroy and the current McGowan government uh, has uh, put a policy forward that there would be no dams. So they would need to channel off the water somehow from the river um, but what we're also hearing is that they want to put earth walls uh, along the river and ha- uh, harvest the, um, the, the flood water uh, as happens in the Murray Darling and we've all seen what a disaster that is so, um, so the impacts um, they're not entirely known at this stage but we, can, we have seen what's happened elsewhere and I guess what we'd be concerned about is that um, you know, less water in the river would mean that the floodplains wouldn't be as in- inundated uh, as they are, uh, leading to less um, barramundi and impacts to the critically endangered freshwater sawfish, as well as all the fringing vegetation. So, um, yeah, and, and of course, what we know happens in areas where rivers are being used for irrigation and you have farming land next to them, is that you do have um, fertilizers and pesticides that can contaminate creeks, wetlands, and rivers, and that can have a seriously negative, uh, detrimental impact on on ecosystems, on freshwater ecosystems. So yeah, we're really we're really concerned that um, you know th- these proposals um, would severely damage. The Fitzroy River, um, but that's why we're saying uh, to the government, uh, as our traditional owners, that um, it needs to be protected. Anne went on to detail how the perspective of developers can be in stark contrast to that of traditional owners. What we're talking about is really a clash of values and ethics. We see water as a living system with a spirit, and we engage with it. We see it as a sacred ancestral being as opposed to people who may want to develop it as a water resource. So what we're talking about is a clash of values and ethics in regards to somebody seeing water as a resource that they can profit from, as opposed to Aboriginal people who see water as having uh, being the lifeblood of our nations and that all of us are connected by rainbow serpents to living water systems across the nation. So we have a different relationship with water. I think one of the big things that's happening at the moment is that There is a conversation at a federal level and some state level 
in regards to this concept of water trading and how Aboriginal people will be able to get into the new economy by being granted a portion of water called a Strategic Aboriginal Reserve or a Strategic Indigenous Reserve. And I would say we need to be thinking about that in terms of proceeding with caution, because one of the things that people are saying is that, oh, Aboriginal people will be able to enter the markets in terms of trading water. Well, what I'm saying is that at this point in time, I am really still quite um, not sure that people really understand the Fitzroy River system in regards to how much water we actually have in the bucket before we start dividing it up and using it as a commodity that we can trade and sell. And that's just about all we have time for today. But before we finish, Martin has some words of advice for people that want to protect the Kimberley and the Matawara Fitzroy River. I would encourage people to learn more about what's happening here in in the Kimberley in particular. Um, We have a very small population here. There's only about um, 40,000 people here. And, um, you know, the Kimberley is a a very large area, 400,000 square kilometres. And, you know, it's it's bigger than Victoria. uh, And we need support from people all over the country. And people in Melbourne in particular have been really supportive of protecting the Kimberley. Um, as have uh, people in other capital cities. And we need people to um, find out more about this and also take action. Um, You can sign an online petition on our website and uh, that's sending a strong message to the state government from uh, around the country that people want the Fitzroy protected. So, um, yeah, we, we, we see this. We need people to engage from all over Australia to make sure that we can protect this great tropical river. You've been listening to Earth Matters, Community Radio's national environmental justice program. I'm Megan Williams. Today's guests were Martin Pritchard from Environs Kimberley, Dr Anne Polina, the chair of the Matawara Fitzroy River Council, and Monique Barker from Kimberley Like Nowhere Else. If you'd like to listen back on today's show, go to 3cr.org.au slash earthmatters to download the podcast. Or search Earth Matters on any podcasting service. And if you are listening through a podcast app, why not rate, review and subscribe? We'd love your feedback and it helps us spread the word. And if you've got an idea for an upcoming show or you'd like to get in touch, Email earthmatters3cr at gmail.com or go to our Facebook page. Earth Matters would like to thank the Community Broadcasting Foundation for their financial support and the Community Radio Network for getting the program out to you. Earth Matters is usually produced in the studios of 3CR on Wurundjeri country. But this week it was recorded online and produced across multiple nations. The song today is Dry Riverbed by Pilgrim Brothers. We'll see you next time for more Earth Matters.
Country beating to them lonely blues. Gotta get back there. Gotta get back there. Gotta get back there. Real soon. Far, far away, across the Santa Fe plains, where the truth.
You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.